and welcome back to the podcast Discipleship in Challenging Times. My name is Peter Morden and I'm from Cornerstone Baptist Church in Leeds. If you have been journeying with me through these podcasts, you will probably be aware that we have concluded our mini-series on the Pilgrim's Progress And we return today to look at the book of 1 Corinthians. And I'm going to cycle through 1 Corinthians now from chapter 14 to the end of the book. So today we are reading verses 1 to 25. And the title for this episode is Follow the Way of Love. Going to pause and pray to our glorious Lord. Lord, we praise you and worship you. That in Jesus, you have pursued us. You have sought us out. Thank you that you have spoken into our lives by the power of your word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, if we trust in you, your love has found us. And we pray today that as the scriptures say, your love would be shed abroad in our hearts. Right now, as we come to your word, we pray that by the Holy Spirit, you would fill us with your love. In these days where there is much darkness, shine your light. Yes, Lord, fill us with light and love right now. Be with us as we look at your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, 1 Corinthians 14 and verses 1 to 25. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction? Even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds such as the pipe or harp, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there is a distinction in the notes? Again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? So it is with you. Unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you're saying? You will just be speaking into the air. 
Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker is a foreigner to me. So it is with you. Since you're eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Otherwise, when you are praising God in the spirit, how can someone say, who is now put in the position of an inquirer, um, how can they say amen to your thanksgiving, since they do not know what you are saying? You're giving thanks well enough, but no one else is edified. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, but in the church I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than ten thousand words in a tongue. Brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. In regards to evil, be infants, but in your thinking be adults. In the law it is written, with other tongues and through the lips of foreigners I will speak to this people, but even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Tongues then are a sign, not for believers but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers but for believers. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquirers or unbelievers come in, will they not say, you're out of your mind? But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all, as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. So, linking back to 1 Corinthians 13 that we thought about a number of episodes ago, we see that we are called to love as Jesus loves. But if that's the case, what does that mean for our practice of spiritual gifts? In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul turns to address that question. And once we understand this is what he's doing, the different parts of his argument, I think, fall into place. The burden of this passage is captured in verse 12. Aim to excel in the gifts that build up the church. Paul is particularly concerned to commend prophecy, isn't he? His comment that it promotes strengthening, encouragement and comfort in verse 3 suggests, I think, a wider understanding of prophecy than is current in some church circles today. So it surely includes prophetic preaching, but it could also apply to a word of encouragement or, sp or comfort that's spoken informally to a fellow believer. 
The injunction to build up has a wider application too. Hence, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of verse 12 in the message. Since you're so eager to participate in what God is doing, why don't you concentrate on doing what helps everyone in the church? That's a paraphrase, but it reflects, I think, the burden of this passage. And so, in summary, while some gifts have more potential to build others up, we can use any gift or any talent, either selfishly or as God intends, namely for the benefit of others. And so there is a burden here for others to serve and to love others. And note finally that this concern for others is not limited to insiders, it's extended to outsiders too, and verses 22 to 25 are especially relevant here. The Corinthians were self-indulgent in their practice of tongues. Not only were they not building one another up, they were in danger of putting off inquirers who would be bewildered by their worship times. Such a cavalier attitude disregards what we recognise now as one of Paul's great concerns in 1 Corinthians, the priority of others. And so let's close by asking ourselves a few questions. Do our worship services commend Christ to others? A good supplementary question to ask is, would I bring my friends and colleagues here? And then a broader overarching question. The way that I use my gifts, whether they're spiritual gifts as those that are described here or whether they are so-called natural gifts, which obviously are God-given as well. Do I use my gifts in the service of others? This is the crucial question. Paul begins these verses by saying, follow the way of love. Let's apply that principle to everything that we do, and especially to the way that we use our gifts. Let's pause and just be quiet before God for a moment. We see the key themes here, following the way of love, pursuing love, and preferring, prioritising others, whether it's insiders within a church fellowship or a small group, or whether it's outsiders, inquirers. Do we put others first? Do we follow the way of love? Lord, we thank you and we praise you for the example of Paul and even more so for the example of the Lord Jesus who followed the way of love to the very end, who in a sense gave himself away, who gave his life in love and service of others, finding his joy in you, Father God, and in sharing that with many, many others. Lord, we want to follow the example of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, and put others first, following the way of love 
ourselves. And especially today, we pray that you would help us to do this in the practice of spiritual gifts, whether it's tongues, whether it's prophecy, whether it's prophetic preaching, whether it is giving, whether it is serving others, whatever it is, help us to use our gifts and our talents, our time and opportunity, O Lord, for others. Lord, in these coronavirus pandemic days, we pray this especially. We recognise that in many ways, very understandably, people are are looking out for number one, looking out for themselves or perhaps themselves plus close family. Help us to be different, O Lord, to live generously and graciously for others. We ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Amen.